to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? Well, today I am drinking an herbal tisane from Simpson and Vale's Literary Teas selection called Beatrix Potter. And it's a green Ooh. rooibos with rose hips, strawberry, chamomile, spearmint, and lemongrass. It's very evocative of springtime. How about you? Today I am drinking hot chalk from T2, which is an Australian company that mm-hmm. has been expanding into the U.S. Yeah, I like T2. And hot chalk is like hot chocolate and black tea, so the best of both worlds in the cup. Interesting. Okay. Normally when you combine chocolate with tea, it doesn't always work. Yeah. But this one works, and they managed to make it not be powdery or watered down or anything like that. So Nice. So it's a favorite of mine. Please remind our listeners what I assigned you to read this month. This month, you assigned me to read Teach Me by Olivia Dade. And what did you think? I liked it a lot. I thought it was great fun. The story starts with a high school history teacher who's very put together and and very purposefully put together, um, Rose Owens. And she gets the very bad news that her schedule is being usurped by a newcomer uh, who has been placed, has been given this new assignment by one of her arch nemesis, the director of of social studies programs for the, the area. So she tries very hard to hate this man who's come in and invaded her space, Martin. She finds it very difficult to actually hate him because He's, he's sort of unassuming and he's not the sort of jerk face man that she's expecting might have sort of made those things disappear for her. He is what's known in Romance Landia as the cinnamon roll hero. I, I don't know that term exactly from Romance Landia, but I, he is 100% a cinnamon roll. Yeah. He's super sweet and just very comforting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a daughter who's B. He's got a daughter named B and she is in her senior year of high school and he has moved to this town because his ex-wife has moved to this town. And so being the wonderful father that he is, he does not want to miss a moment of her of her childhood. And so the last year before she goes to college, he wants to spend as much time with her as he can and so He's gotten this, he's moved to this you know, new state from Wisconsin, I think. Yeah, I think so. So he has B every other week that he is parenting. But at first, he when he meets Rose, he's very impressed by her because she's just so well put together. But she's so icy to him. And he doesn't quite know what to make of it. And he's like, well, I guess she's just some sort of ice queen. And then his daughter comes up and meets Rose and Rose is just warmth and, and love and, you know, just amazing with her. And he's like, what? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> That's super hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's one of those teachers that, I mean, you've probably encountered this too, since we both have kids that is absolutely wonderful with the students, but... Just a little prickly with the parents, yeah. Doesn't communicate yeah. well with the with the, uh, with the the parents. So, you know, and I've come across that a couple of times in 
Yeah, I've seen that a few times as well. But with her, it it's not that she's actually icy to the parents. It's just that she's icy to him because of what he represents. Right, because he inadvertently stole her yeah. choice assignments and him stealing these things without meaning to. He didn't really steal them so much as they were thrust upon him. Yeah, they were just given to him. By this you know, jerk Dale Locke, who reminds me of a Yale Locke. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's, uh, you he's know, a piece he's of work. A, he is a class A prick. <laughs> I yeah, mean, there yes, is, he is no two ways about it. But what this means for Rose is that AP scores are going to drop. Um, enrollment in the AP uh, program is going to drop because she's very good at getting students to trust her and believe in her and yeah. to, to, to follow her to her AP classes. And she doesn't really know exactly what caliber teacher that he is. And that, you know, since he's not doing the AP classes that they would need to take ahead of time, they wouldn't be necessarily following him anywhere. So basically this, this jerk in, in admin has thrown this massive wrench in their in their department as well as her life personally this is olivia dade's series welcome to marysburg and this is a fictional town in virginia and this is just one of i believe there are four stories that are about this uh particular high school and the teachers Mm -hmm. uh, and administrators in it and there's two other books, and one of the books is a novella, okay. short novellas, uh, with the other two uh, teachers in them. And it isn't necessarily world building if this could exist, but I feel like I feel like Marysburg High School doesn't really exist in reality because these. You know, there is not a, like, they're all well, you know, well aware and you don't have the... Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of super and, teachers. Well, um, and I'm not saying that teachers are oh, not no, all teachers, super. Teachers are heroes and and first Yeah, off, they are. But, but it... But not all of them have the same drive. Yeah. And, and especially, especially when you have a mix of them who are, you know, new teachers and teachers who right. have been doing this for a while... And, right. you know, veteran teachers, and it, and it always seems to me that veteran teachers will have, you know, periods where they, they're, they're phoning it in, you know, because some yeah. years are better for them than others. Sure, absolutely. And, and, you know, if you're teaching for 30 odd years, I mean, that's, that's bound to happen. But it, it just seems like all of these people are just invested in these programs that are Everything is very progressive in this school. Right. Which seemed a little disingenuous for Virginia, but yeah, maybe it's a part yeah. of Virginia. <laughs> uh, I mean, nothing against Virginia. I love Virginia, but it it feels like it's like a D.C. suburb. Um, but then it's also supposed to be a small town. So, Well, I have a feeling it's a college town. Yeah. Okay. That would make a make certain. A I mean, more. it may be like a Richmond size or something like that. Right. And, you know, Richmond definitely has a little bit of that, of that oh, for sort sure. of liberal vibe. Yeah. I, I, it is definitely, the, everybody's woke here. So. Yeah, everybody's woke here. Even going to schools and, you know, in the part of the country where I am, 
where it's definitely more uh, progressive and more woke. You don't even see that in, no. in typically in a public school. But aside from that, the the characters are all well drawn, I think. You know, these are people that you know, or you can easily identify. Right. Rose is divorced, as uh, just like Martin. She doesn't have any kids, though. However, her ex-husband's parents are, uh, so her former in-laws, Annette and Alfred, who are who just are the most amazing. entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> they're the most entertaining characters. And they're probably my favorites. Yeah. So uh, of the whole of the whole book. Well, they're so they're just the warm, wonderful parents you would you would absolutely hope for. My question, though, about Alfred and Annette is how did they raise such a jerk? Yeah. I mean, if if they're so great, maybe they're atoning for that or something. I think so. I, I feel like every interaction with her. What have we yes. wrought? We need yes. to do better. Her ex-husband was a jerk and it's acknowledged by both Rose and by Alfred and Annette and, you know, specifically a jerk to yeah, her. Their son is their the son. one they call a jerk. Yeah. 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 Their son is a jerk. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's a little bit of an apology tour. Yeah. But at the same time, they are, they are very well off. And yeah. so they, they like to treat her with dinners and expensive things. And she frequently, yeah, it makes her uncomfortable and so she frequently turns them down. When she does that, however, they take the one, their one time in community theater and play it up for everything it's worth. And, and you know, some suddenly, oh my heart, yeah. And suddenly there, there are these poor invalid elderly folks, you know, and, and it must be the lumbago, you know, until they get their way. <laughs> Then they start to do this with, when they meet Martin, they start to do this w with Martin as well. First of all, things thaw quite a bit. Yes. Yes, things thaw. With Rose and Martin. And the more she works with him, the more she's like, I still want to hate him, but I, 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 I don't. And he's trying to work his way into her good graces. However, pretty quickly in the school year, she just is like, okay, I, she acknowledges to herself, I find this man very attractive when he smiles. Yeah. Um, he's kind of not there that much when he's Mr. Sourpuss or whatever the, that wasn't his nickname. It was. Yeah. So, so his ex-wife calls him old sober sides. Old sober sides. That's right. So, yes. yeah. So his ex-wife calls him old sober sides and, and his daughter does this as well. And then feels instantly bad about it because she realizes that maybe that's not how he really wants to be known. And that that was actually not some sort of caring thing that the ex-wife said, but really the sharp criticism that yeah. kind of was one of the nails in their relationship. Yeah, that she thought that he was too serious. Yeah, he was too serious. And the daughter, though, he's like, you can call me that because I know you're saying it out of love. You know, I say, I know yeah. you're kidding and you're saying it, but she, she tries to make sure that she doesn't do that. Well, in any case, when he smiles, I guess, which he does a lot more than he did around his ex-wife around Rose, she's very taken with him 
Um, she finds him very attractive. So she decides, well, maybe, you know, he seems to be into me. I'll ask him out. She asks him out pretty early in the the story, but he was goes through this, I don't know, probably three-page internal battle with himself that it's like, I really want to, and I can't. And, you know, he just, to her, he's just like, Ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always have to wonder about that kind of thing. It's like, it's yeah. like, yes, we, we, you know, we, the reader are getting an internal monologue, but right. if you're, but <laughs> if you're doing this in real life, your, your thought process is really going that fast. So basically you're standing still with your mouth open and, and the person yeah. you're speaking to is like, you know, did I, you glitch? I know what I happened? would, I would be <laughs> filling in. You know, I would be filling in the spaces like, you know what? I was kidding. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. And I would back up yeah. from it before doing anything else. And she almost Not does. Into you. Yeah. yeah. It, she kind of does that. But and then he he basically rejects her, but not. I mean, he's like so apologetic about it. And she's yeah. like, fine. Because yep. she's been rejected many times before. And she's just she is not going to let it show. Yeah. So she puts back up her ice wall. Unfortunately, Dale Locke happens to be outside the door and hears the the whole thing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And so he comes in and calls her Brandy. Yeah. Which is her given first name. But not the name she... Her actual name is Rose, of course, because she chose Rose. Um, but her given name was Brandy. And she grew up in in a good bit of poverty and uh, had nothing really until she married her ex and then she became very wealthy. But then when she, she and her ex split up, she didn't want a settlement from him. Yeah. She didn't want his money. She didn't want anything from him. Right. Although she got Alfred and Annette in the deal. She did. <laughs> and she, she actually is happy with getting yeah, Alfred. She's happy. It was the best part of it was the best right. part of him, as she yes. says. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm not really sure how people this wonderful raise somebody so awful. But, you know, I guess it happens. Maybe yeah. he's just a natural born psychopath. Who knows? <laughs> it happens. When she does finally thought enough to him, she does explain to him fairly early on what her animosity is towards him. You know, right. that, that it is not... It is not him. It's not you. It's the patriarchy. Yeah, it's not you. It's the patriarchy. And it would be, and I would feel this way about anybody who walked in and, right. you know, took all of these things from me. Right. Or were, or were given all of these things that I should have had, you know, and that I have worked for and, and all of that sort of stuff. And I noticed, too, that one of the things that you haven't talked about or at least haven't talked about yet is something that is prominent in all of Olivia Dade's books which is that these characters look like everybody else they don't yeah. have Martin yeah. does not have a six-pack abs no he's like basic dad bod he's got a dad bod she's you know she's plus size and yeah. and you know she but she's very careful with what she wears so that it's yeah you know she like she knows the benefits of a good tailor yeah 
And and so she wears clothes of quality rather than going to say. So she doesn't know, H&M go with for, fast fashion. Yeah, she know. doesn't do fast fashion. She right. You know, she has, but she has items that she takes very good care of, and right. And everything she wears is black. Yes, she she wears all black except occasionally she'll wear green. Yeah, she'll occasionally wear green, but she has she doesn't really. One of the things that I always love about um, Olivia Dade's characters is that is that they're fairly body positive. You know, they, yeah. that they don't have, you know, they have to deal with everyone else's reactions to their body. And there will be scenes in which they do that. But they themselves don't have sure. the hangups most of the time. Right. Although in Rose's case, she's bought into the, well, black is slimming idea <laughs> that, right. you know that every plus size woman has been sold this uh sold this bill of goods and yeah and... but she's also got a little bit of a of a goth vibe to her yeah and yeah. so it's not just it i mean it is the buying into the blackest slimming thing but i think in equal parts it seems to be the because she even says like he, he expects her when he goes to her house he expects it to be like a a black painted Victorian Gothic mansion type thing instead of a little bungalow and, or either that or a sleek modern kind of space. Yeah. She surprises him again. Right. Mm. And, you know, she's, she's also picked up this weird vendetta from the girls softball team. Oh yes. (laughs) All goth. So yeah, the the girls' softball team are all, all goth, and I think the the ironically the point the real melting point for them is when they get dunked in cold water. So yes. they they have this this school fair thing that's a yeah you know, merry thanks for festa Christmas Hanukkah yeah Kwanzaa combines all the holidays and offends right. no one right right yes. and and also the summer holidays so there's yeah. like pink flamingos and coconut drink it's like coconuts with eggnog in it yeah it's it's all the holidays at once (laughs) right so as part of this he finds her in the dunk tank egging on the students there and trying to get them to dunk her and they do constantly because that's the girls softball team and they're really good at it yeah they do (laughs) But I guess the vendetta is the the captain of the team, Bianca, and who has this vendetta, but then also looks up to yeah, she admires and respects her, and and Mm -hmm. knows that she can, you know, take this attitude, and that it will be met with with the in the spirit in which she intends it. Yeah, so it's it's safe it's safe for her to be rebellious against her. Exactly, and she ends up being helpful. In, she does in that way because later on in the book martin invites her uh in, invites rose to prom, prom. it was right. one or both of them and that's sort of this is the big so this is the big conflict point um yeah and so yeah. he invites her to prom they're they're having a wonderful time together they're very compatible they're you know sexually they're having a great time but then he and he asked her to go to prom which basically means taking off some of her armor for everybody else to see and show some vulnerability by being there with him. 
Yeah, them together as a couple. Them together as a couple. And so they were going to be there anyway as chaperones, but now he wants to go as a date. Right. And she freaks out about this because she's like, I, you know, I really, I really like this guy, but this is too much. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. And he, it breaks his heart, you know, because he's proud of, he's proud of her and he's proud of their relationship and he's, he wants to show her off and he wants to let everybody know how he feels about her because he's decided, he's figured out that he's in love with her. At this point. And I don't know that she's completely figured out yet that. He, yeah, no, that she still has. She has hesitations, not because yeah. of him, but because of the just her, the jerk her baggage and, and her baggage yeah. and her other baggage, you know. Right. She eventually then recruits the head of the girls softball team and the others to help her with a promposal, which is which is really adorable. Right. Because she figures the. The only way to win him back is is to go big. Is to go big, and she, you know, and make the grand gesture and make everybody see how how much she actually does love him, in, including and most most importantly, show him. Yeah, yeah. So she's she has to do the grand gesture, and she knows it, and so she she does in a big way, and she manages by the end of the book. Also, the district jerk. Yeah. Ends up getting his comeuppance as well, which is very well, satisfying. Well, and uh, the reason why he does is because she finally decides to take help from Annette and Alfred. It's not just her letting down her walls um, for for Martin, but she also needs to let down her pride and her walls to let these people who love her like she's their daughter help her. And yeah. they are very influential in the town and very influential to the school board. And so they are able to make good trouble for <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and get Dale in trouble for, for his meddling in the affairs of the schools where he shouldn't be, which I agree that he was a jerk and he needed to be taken down, but it's a little bit of a teachers against the admin. I would agree with that, except that the principal is also on board with taking down Dale too. So <laughs> the administrators are, you know, are. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Because he has, he has done just egregious abuse of power. You know, he really needs to be out of a job. Yeah. And he's misogynist and probably a lot of other isms yeah. as well, but yeah, there isn't time within the book to to list all of his. It's not mirrors. about him. <laughs> it's not about him, nor should it be, because <laughs> he does not deserve the ink for this. But I will say this is not a pedagogical review session. Right. Um, exactly. And you know, this is a romance novel. Yeah. And since he is not romantic in any sense of the word. No, he is just he we is can, just the thorn. We can lock up. Dale Locke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With this, the reason why I recommended this book to you is Olivia Dade has written a lot of other books that more recently that I think have, she's in, uh, her writing has improved. With each, uh-huh. with each book that comes along. Most recently, she just completed the Spoiler Alert series, which was, uh, Spoiler Alert was the first, All the Feels, and then the 
uh, Shipwrecked came out. Right. Uh, yeah, it just came out back in November okay. of 2022. Mm-hmm. Those three books are all set in the world of the Guard of the Gates TV show, which is <laughs> loosely based on Game of Thrones. <laughs> is not, nor could it ever be Game of Thrones. And yet... Yeah, and yet... <laughs> And it involves the world of fan fiction and all of the, the, they explore fandoms and tropes and and all sorts of things in these books. Those are very excellent books and I highly recommend everybody read those. They are all narrated if you choose the audiobooks. They're all narrated by Kelsey Navarro, who also narrates Teach Me. Mm -hmm. I listened to a little bit of the narration for this as well. I tend towards being more of an eyeball reader but the narration was good and she tends to be olivia's go-to narrator Mm -hmm. that's common with a lot of authors that they have right that they have favorite narrators that they like to use but with teach me it was my introduction to olivia date i read this in 2020 when we were all staying at home and it was the first time in a long time that i had read a book or consumed a book all in one sitting. Mm -hmm. So, and because of that, I then wrote her a fan letter. (laughs) I sent her, I I slid into her DMs on Twitter and- and Jen started fangirling all over her. (laughs) All over her. But I also uh, accused her of spying on me because there were several elements, there were several elements in this book and several others in that Marysburg series yeah, that were similar to facets of my personal life, oh. which I'm not going to go into the details That's of. probably for the best. <laughs> but you're going to have to tell me once we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. For the audience, I will say that like Rose, I wear a lot of black. This is true. I'm almost never seen in anything other than black. As Rose wears green, I will wear right. blue. Uh, dark blue so I have a bruise color palette black and blue (laughs) black and blue uh that was one of the things that that, Mm -hmm. but there were several others that was the start of her being one of my favorite authors and also because of her of the way that she handled characters who are you know shaped a little more like me I mean that were not you know cover models yeah I do like that aspect of it where it's relatable as far as these are just, these are just people. These are, yeah, these are just people. And they're, but they don't make a huge deal out of it. And she doesn't make a big, big deal out of it. He's very, he finds her incredibly alluring. She's like not super attracted to him until he smiles. And then it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh, you have my attention now. Yes. Right. Yeah. And yes, they're described. Yeah. Because you have a, you know, you have a character description, but it is, it does not take up the whole of the book. Mm, No. And that, that makes it nice to let me sort of fill in some of those details. Yeah. And it was definitely a nice change after, so many romances that I had read where, you know, if you had a plus size heroine, it was either she didn't have any self-respect mm-hmm. and had to be rescued or it was, you know, despite the way she looked, he still loved her, you know, and, and that it's right, which is just it's pathetic and it's unnecessary. 
And that's the thing that I really felt with Martin and Rose is that they genuinely liked each other. Right. Even though she tried not to. But they just, they admired each other. They admired each other's minds as well as their bodies. Exactly. And at the same time, the sex scenes are quite steamy. Oh, yeah. There are not very many of them, though. There should be more. Not very many of them. (laughs) I mean, there's, you know, there's a few. She gets more of them as she as she mm-hmm. goes on in into other books. They're they're hard to write, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to write well. To write well. Yeah. Listeners, we are going to have at some point in the future an episode all about the tropes and also all about the things that drive us nuts and uh, about the things that will be off-putting and will make us not finish a book. Right. I have a list. Xana knows <laughs> I have a list. I'm starting one. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I will go off on rants about about all of that. So stay tuned for a future episode in which we discuss all of that. <laughs> and we'll just let the tangents go wild on that one. Right. Right. It'll be a show all about tangents. It'll be a show all about tangents on that one for sure. So... Using our five cup rating system, trademark pending. Zana, what do you give Teach Me by Olivia Dade? I think I give it four cups. And the reason why I would give it four cups is it. I, I, I got very annoyed with the characters at times. Part of it was, uh, I mean, overall, four cups is still great, right? I yeah. mean, it's still a good thing. And I, I really did enjoy the book. My, my issues came because I did understand where Rose came from and why she acted the way that she did. But I just, I felt like it was a little too, like it was done for the, for the sake of the conflict. Mm -hmm. I felt like somebody who was as well put together, even with her baggage and as confident as she was may approach the communication issues a little bit better. It it felt very and not and not derail herself quite right, so much. Right. Because I felt like the reaction of just I'm gonna shut down instead of dealing with this seemed a little not exactly genuine to me. Martin I do get too why he wanted to sort of push things and they and he even backtracks it a little bit when he's trying to decide when well, he's so miserable because they've they're not together anymore um, before the big before she does this big grand gesture thing that he's talking himself and it's like well I pushed her too much and I'm not sure that emotionally I didn't feel that that was necessarily as as true as it could have been okay. But overall, like I said, I, I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the the interactions. I loved Annette and Alfred, and I loved B. And I liked B with Annette and Alfred. Yeah, they, um, they were basically the best. <laughs> they were just like I don't care what happens with the two of you. You've just brought us a granddaughter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> she was she was adopted in the first minute of meeting. Right. Her. Yeah. So they're like, <laughs> you two look like you're cool. Like you're gonna maybe make something happen. It doesn't matter anymore. We have a granddaughter now. Yeah. I will say too, so four cups for Teach Me by Olivia Dade. 
But I will recommend to listeners that they go to the spoiler alert stories. Uh, spoiler alert, all the feels, and the latest shipwrecked. They can be standalone, but they are interconnected and do have some overlaps. And I highly recommend those. Zana has already read them. so Yes, we have... I cheated and I read, uh, well, I didn't read all of them. I haven't read Shipwrecked yet, but I read uh, Spoiler Alert and I read All the Feels and so much, so oh, just yeah. delightful. I loved them both. Yeah, all, all, the, uh, all the Feels is still my favorite of the three. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like so that. So we uh, we highly recommend listeners that you uh, that if you're going to introduce yourself to Olivia Dade, if you have not read anything from her before, to go to the spoiler alert uh, stories because they're really great. Yeah, Chef's Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> excellent, all of them. So Zana, your next assigned reading is going to be the fastest way to fall by Denise Williams. The Fastest Way to Fall by Denise. Okay. She's written several. This is another one about body positivity. I will say, though, trigger warnings for anyone who needs them is that this is about someone going on a diet program and an exercise program and the, you know, the things, and she makes some mistakes along the way. So, you know, if you are at all triggered by any of that, Stay away and, and read something else by her because Denise Williams is a great author. So, but for, for Zana, I'm giving you the fastest way to fall. The fastest way to fall. All right. All right. And so if you would like to read along with Zana, please visit our website at cupandsaucybooks.com for links and show notes for this episode. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, Hive, TikTok, and Tumblr. Let us know if you have a book you would like us to review on the show. And we hope to meet you in person as well. Zana and I will be at the upcoming Readers Take Denver conference at the end of March. Let us know if you'll be there too. Thanks for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time when we interview another special guest from the world of books. And probably go on a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.